You're listening to the Law Careers Net podcast, a monthly podcast designed to give you everything you need to know about becoming a lawyer. Welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast. In this episode, we are talking about virtual events. Undoubtedly, many of you will have attended and be attending lots of virtual events this term, and we wanted to put together some advice on how to make the most of these opportunities to interact with employers. We have got two interviews for you today. First up, I had a good chat with Matthew Berwick, who is a future trainee amongst many other things, which you will hear about in a moment. We spoke about the importance of preparing for virtual events, how to get over the awkwardness of video calls, and even his tips for virtual interviews and vacation schemes. So hi Matt, thank you very much for coming on the Law Careers Net podcast. It's great to have you on. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Cheers Cheers for having me. So my, my name is Matthew Berwick and I'm a future trainee solicitor at Pinsent Masons. Um, so as a non-law student, I've had a variety of, of both legal and non-legal experiences. Um, I've also interned at a variety of commercial law firms in the city as well. Uh, I then went on to work for a non-profit in Washington, D.C., um, as well as the United States Congress before moving across to the White House, um, following which I secured an internship at a law firm in San Francisco. I was also interested in technology. And so after taking a course at Oxford University um, in artificial intelligence for cybersecurity, I I wrote my dissertation on blockchain technologies and the potential for cyber criminals and terrorists to manipulate the technology for money laundering. Um, I've created two platforms as well. So one's called The Legal Lineup, which is uh, co-founded with a group of seven graduates from diverse backgrounds who've all secured training contracts at international firms such as Baker McKenzie, Linklaters, uh, Norton Rose Fulbright, Clifford Chance, Freshfields, Alan Overy and Pinsent Mason. So we provide free advice for aspiring solicitors um, in the form of interviews and application advice. And we've run events with BPP and ULaw um, to help students. And we recently supported the delivery of a virtual internship for students where we had a host of professionals from Netflix, Google and beyond to share their insight of the profession. Uh, we also this week attended various careers fairs for Leeds University and West London University to support aspiring solicitors virtually. Um, the second platform is called Global Tech Loop, which I started with Lauren Moore, and this aims to enhance accessibility and understanding of the tech world by showcasing experiences by by those within the profession. Uh, So we release monthly magazines with professionals working at companies such as Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Tesla, Apple, uh, and beyond to startups and other CEOs based in Silicon Valley. Uh, We also run events um, and did a female empowerment event where we had the chief security officer at Microsoft on the panel and a few other CEOs sharing their insight um, entering the tech world. Uh, I also have a book that's out, which we could discuss later if we have time, but hopefully I didn't speak for too long. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's quite a, a CV. So it seems like you're a good person to um, have on this episode, which is going to be preliminarily about um, virtual events and how students can kind of approach um, this kind of new way of um, interacting with employers. And it sounds like the stuff that you've done with the legal lineup in terms of hosting your own virtual events kind of puts you in a good place um, to kind of chat to me today. So first of all, I mean, before we dive into that, I mean, you know the question is how are you coping in this new virtual world you said you've you've been hosting and kind of going to quite a few events but how are you finding adapting to everything being online yeah yeah it's great I think I think it's for me it's you know I've been very productive um, and, and you know I think that it's, it's very easy to kind of think of the whole thing as, as a negative it's a positive in many ways so you know if I think about all the all the stuff that's happened uh, during this during this lockdown during this you know virtual 
nature. I, I think that it's, it's a great opportunity as well. And if you think of it that way, then you're more likely to, to thrive. So, you know, as, as you may know, the vacation scheme was completed virtually for Vincent Mason. So this was, of course, something that I myself had to adapt to just as many many of my cohort as well had to at the firm. Um, and, you know, it was a great experience and very interactive. And I think that this new virtual world is, it's, it's great because ultimately, you know, you have that opportunity to interact with so many more people because you can go back to back to meetings. So, I mean, for example, me and you, we kind of put this meeting together virtually. So mm. I think that it's a great opportunity to kind of speak with people um, who you wouldn't necessarily come across or ha and they wouldn't necessarily have time to speak to you, but because everyone's at home, um, it's very easy to get that one-to-one -one with people um, and, and get, get time to learn more, really. It's true that we're kind of no longer restrained by where we are physically because everybody, as you said, is at home. So, um, you know, in terms of, you know, people who might live in kind of distant locations or, you know, maybe not central to cities where lots of events are happening. Um, it's a really great chance for everybody to kind of be on the same um, on the same level when it comes to um, kind of attending these uh, these virtual events. I was just going to say on top of that as well, I think that the important thing to remember is, is the accessibility point. I mean, for example, if, if you're not from London or you can't afford to go to London, um, I'm myself, I'm from London and I live in London, so it's not something that affected me. But as in for someone that isn't from London, but wants to know about these things, like you can interact with people who live in London, interact with startups based in London. Like there's so much things that you can access now that you may not have been able to access if you're from somewhere else. So thinking about, you know, students who are uh, undoubtedly going to lots of virtual events this time if they're at university, whether that's, you know, events run by the university, whether that's run by uh, kind of careers events run by the Student Law Society or these kind of virtual law fairs and external events that are being hosted. What are your tips for how students should engage from kind of your experiences running and attending these events? I think with, 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 with firms, with platforms, with all these things that are going on, I think it's really important to narrow your focus. Um, and so with everything being online, these events and all the rest of it, I think that you'll see a host of firms just like you would in person. So if you go to an in-person event, you'd see the milk ground of firms providing all these amazing opportunities. Um, and now that everything's online, it's being showcased even more um, and it's sort of enhanced. So when you go to these events, I really think it's important to, to do your research and do your due diligence beforehand. And you know, with COVID creating so many difficulties, it's important to stand out. Um, and to come prepared. And, and that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to research every single firm. Um, and, you know, th there's the classic examples of, you know, dre like dress presentably um, and, you know, turn your camera on and, and be presentable and, and make eye contact and all, all that, all those general points. But I think that the biggest thing that I would say is you're going to stand out if you can go to the exact stands that you know exactly the firm and you know about them um, and you've done your research beforehand um, and have, have something to ask. Um, and I think that would be one of my one of my main tips um, to, to ensure that you, you know, cherry pick the firms that you're truly interested in. Um, and you can narrow your focus by, by looking at the different practice areas that the firms do uh, and cater to and, and specialize in. Um, and, you know, we produced a number of guides on how to shortlist firms and how to research firms. So if anyone wants to access any of those, feel free to um to contact me definitely i think research is more important than ever you know just as we would uh, a law quiz net we would always recommend if you're going to a physical event or a physical law fair it's just so important to get the most out of the opportunity and prepare beforehand you know work out we'd always say work out kind of game plan of who you're going to talk to find out if you can who's going to be there you know all of this applies to virtual events and perhaps it's even more important um you know because you're not just going to physically kind of stumble into a store you know next door to the one you know somebody that you're speaking to you might 
do at a physical event. In virtual events, it's much kind of um, maybe more difficult to navigate around. So definitely having a game plan um, and having done that preliminary research will really ensure that you stand out when you speak to recruiters um, and they'll definitely appreciate that, I'm sure. One thing that I always um, make reference to in my head and I think might be helpful for other people is that when you're at university, when you're taking modules, you may take four modules a term or eight modules in the whole year. Maybe you might take more, maybe you might take less. Um, but if you think about how much time goes into each of those modules and how much goes into preparing for the assessments, whether that's midterm or, or, or summative, um, I think it's really important to remember that these things are, are quite similar in terms of when you're applying to a law firm, like you would never, you would never want to like take 40 modules in a year. That would be crazy. It'd be impossible to kind of like do all those assessments and prepare. And, and that's how I see law firms as well in terms of making your applications. You put in the same amount of hours, you put in a lot of hours into researching the firms and understanding the differences. And I think that's the approach that I would recommend as well um, for making applications to firms. You know, make sure that you really know the modules, the law firms that you want to apply for um, and, and prepare for the assessments like you would a university module. Do you think that students should be attending sort of just every virtual event that they can at the moment? Or do you think that students should be kind of working out which ones that they're particularly interested in? Yeah, so, so I mean, this is the thing. So for me, when I was applying, I, I attended everything because I, I didn't know which ones I wanted to choose. And I didn't know which firms that I should choose. But if I had a piece of advice that I could give myself, it would be kind of to like, to, to focus on doing the research first before attending all the events. So if you research all the firms, then you can narrow down the firms that you actually want to go to and you'll stand out by going back to those firms. So for Pinsent Masons, um, I went to several of their events and, and went back. So I think it's really important to narrow down your focus of which firms events you go to, because now more than ever, firms are running nationwide events like all the time. So I think it's really important to narrow down your focus of firms and then repeat you know go to those events run by that firm consistently um because if you're consistently showing attendance then they'll recognize that whether that's in the, the list of participants they might see your name um several times um or they might just recognize you from being at previous events so i definitely think it's important now more than ever to kind of do the research first decide which firms really interest you um and then approach them and stay consistent with it also, I think, you know, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. So you're going to be exhausted if you're just going to absolutely every single virtual event, you know, having your camera on, um, you know, day and night, always doing these things. So I think it's important to kind of refine what you want to do and really put the effort into to a select few events that you're interested in with firms that you want to find out more about. How would you recommend that a student follows up from a virtual encounter? Say they go to a law fair or an event, um, they have a good conversation with either a specific person or, you know, they have a follow-up question from a presentation. How would you recommend virtually kind of making the most of that and following up with further questions? I think it's really important to remember that you, you can't always follow up with absolutely everyone because you may not have any common ground or, or anything that you particularly want to speak to them about. So I try and focus on finding tangible links between you and whoever you're talking to. So, I mean, if you're particularly interested in technology um, and, and they work in technology, then find those tangible links, drop them the message um, on LinkedIn um, and, and shoot your shot. Because ultimately, like the worst thing that anyone can do is, is say no. And, you know, I've had that myself. I'm sure you've had that. Um, and so it, it's it, they may say no, they may say yes. But I definitely recommend tailoring your messages so that that enhances your chances of someone responding. Um, so if, if you just go to, go at them and say, oh, I met you at this event, how do I apply to your firm? Um, then that, that's going to be something difficult for them to, to come back to you with. So I definitely recommend tailoring your, your questions and say, look, like, I'm really interested in the firm. Like, these are specific questions that I have. Um, would you be able to 
set, set up some time to, to speak on Zoom or, or could you get back to me? Um, and I think that will enhance your chances of, of getting a response following a virtual interaction. I think that's good advice. Um, I recently hosted a webinar where I was telling students, you know, they should um, rather than just send a connection request, if you know, if you've attended an event, you should put a little message. But then everybody suddenly just said, oh, thank you so much for the webinar. It was great. And, you know, everyone's suddenly sending the same message. So I think, you know, if someone had said to me, thank you, you know, I have a specific question about this or they had a kind of specific follow up comment, then I'd be more likely to respond rather than just a generic. It was nice to meet you. So I think it's a really good advice in tailoring your kind of follow up comments and questions to that person um to ensure that you know they aren't they respond to you and they remember you as well so video conferencing and kind of video calling i just feel like is a lot more awkward um than than real life and i just wondered whether you know having attended and as you said run a few events you have any tips for how to make things run smoother you know students might be a little bit more nervous being on camera or they might not know how to kind of you know start a conversation I feel like at a law fair for example you know when I when I attended them in the last few years you could just rock up to somebody and say hello how are you how is your journey here you know kind of small talk was a lot more easy so do you have any tips on how students can you know a make small talk or b kind of make these interactions run a little bit more smoothly I think if I was doing this now I'd, I'd quite I'd be quite open to talking laterally to the people um, around me and, and not just focusing necessarily on the panel so I mean you're in this virtual setting um, interact with the people that are around you the participants because ultimately like they are also um, your peer group and you know they want to go into a similar industry to you um, and, and don't be afraid to speak to them as well because ultimately like you're not competing against anyone else except yourself um, so you should you should kind of remove that awkwardness by by removing the element of, of competition because ultimately like if, if it's meant to be for you that year, then it's meant to be for you that year. Um, and, you know, don't, you shouldn't, you should go on to there with the confidence of feeling that you have just as much chance as anyone else um, in many ways. And, and so I wouldn't necessarily, well, everybody feels the nature of imposter syndrome, including myself, of kind of going to all these events and being surrounded by a bunch of people that potentially you think for some reason are better than you. Um, and so I felt that way um, and I was rejected from a number of firms um, that wasn't um, video conferenced <laughs> so mm -hmm. I definitely recommend like when you go to these events like don't be afraid to kind of switch on your camera um, speak to the other people outside of the panel as well as the panel um, so just interact with everyone and be, and be as friendly as you can be um, and you know everyone's in the same boat uh, here in terms of submitting applications virtually no it's unknown territory for everyone including the firm so you know do your best to kind of navigate that just like they're doing doing their best to navigate that um, and you use, use this as an opportunity to kind of speak to people that you may never speak to before. So for instance, on the VAT scheme, I became very friendly with um, people in the other offices who were on the vacation scheme with me, um, who I may never have even spoken to or met because they were you know, in other offices, but because that silo was, was removed, that siloing um, was removed and, and we were kind of all banded together, um, you might end up meeting and, and getting on with people in a very, very good way because of video conferencing. Great. I think a lot of students will be thinking about um, vacation schemes, obviously making applications and thinking ahead. And seeing as you have completed a virtual vacation scheme, um, I have to ask you, um, you know, what's your insight into that and any advice um, or any further advice or wisdom you have from having done uh, completed a successful vacation scheme and got a training contract from it? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a, a, every vacation scheme virtually is different. Um, and so this, this, my advice or my experience may not work for another firm, but in my experience, um, I think that the networking side of things um, continues even when you're on a vacation scheme. 
Um, and that, that element changed because obviously it was done virtually. So if I was in person, I could kind of go past someone's desk and be like, oh, hey, do you want to get a coffee? Um, or do you want to do this or that? Um, and because everything was done virtually, you kind of had to, had to make an effort um, and, and try and set things up. And so with, with me, um, I tried to be very like tailored with my approach in terms of who I spoke to. So, I mean, you, you, you're entered into like a network of people who are at the firm who will do different things. But I was particularly interested in technology. So I kind of reached out to my trainee buddy um, who kind of let me speak to different people in the tech space at the firm. Um, and I found that really beneficial, really interesting. Um, and so one piece of advice is kind of like when you're doing any kind of networking on a virtual vacation scheme, um, it's to kind of, you know, have, have that bespoke tailored approach um, to, you know, whatever you're interested in, try and find out about that specific area at the firm. Um, Cause that's, if, if that's one of the reasons you're applying, then you kind of want to be able to validate in your head that, you know, it's, it's as interesting or it's exactly what I thought it would be. Um, so that's, that's one tip. Um, I think as well, like, don't be afraid to kind of work with people who are also on the vacation scheme with you. Um, and I know that might not change whether it's virtually or not. Um, but, you know, I think it was great to have a really good network of people who were in my cohort who were all very friendly um, and easy to approach so that when one of us didn't understand something, like we had group chats and we were able to kind of talk to each other um, and, and kind of go through it all together. Um, which I think is a, is a great environment to be in. Um, so try and, you know, make friends with everyone who's there um, and just, you know, do your best. Thinking about um, kind of virtual events and then more specifically virtual interactions, what advice do you have for students about um, kind of shining and performing well during virtual interviews? Yeah, yeah. So I think the first thing is that remember, like, despite the fact that it's virtual, it might be quite difficult to kind of gauge um, the level of engagement from the person that's interviewing you. Um, so you know, that, that's there as well as another challenge, but it's also there to test you as it would in person. So, you know, don't, don't let anyone's perceived standoffishness um, by an interviewer throw you off. Um, you know, it's their objective to interview you. So remember that, you know, that that's just an element of it. Um, another one, breathe, um, 100% take pauses. So, you know, I always speak really fast and I forget that, you know, we're also setting the pace ourselves. So, you know, mm. don't forget that when you're being interviewed, like, don't be afraid to disagree as well. So a lot of the time you maybe ask questions, follow up questions, and then you kind of disagree with it. But as long as you back it up with, with good points and with evidence, then that kind of validates what you're saying. Um, and so also prepare counter questions. So um, a lot of the times, uh, specifically on a virtual vacation scheme, you'll get the opportunities to ask questions as well. Um, so, you know, prepare questions. That's really important as well. If this is somewhere where you really want to see yourself, um, don't be afraid to kind of, ask questions as well about whatever interests you and, and make sure that it's right for you because um, at the end of the day, that, that's an important element. Great, perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. Before we go, would you like to tell us a bit more about your book? The book's called Legal Insider and it is a collection of unfiltered insights from paralegal to partner level working at a host of international law firms such as Norton Rose Fulbright, uh, CMS, um, Vincent Masons and a host of, host of firms. So um, we also have people working in-house, uh, working at Channel 4, BBC, Uber, Arsenal, O2, a uh, bunch, bunch of different firms kind of sharing their insights. So ultimately what the, what the book does is it kind of breaks down um, each stage um, of a legal career that you may encounter in, in a commercial setting. So uh, I broke down um, what a commercial, a, li a career in commercial law means. Um, and I had, for example, the, the managing associate at Adelshaw Goddard talking about what a career in law means. Um, I also broke down every department of a law firm and had like a, an associate or a trainee in that seat to kind of 
break down the jargon and explain the kind of things that you do in that seat, whilst also talking about transactions that they're allowed to disclose um, and talking about, you know, different, different things. And, and so then I moved on and I, I had like a section on diversity and inclusion. Um, so I had lawyers who are from LGBT plus backgrounds, BAME backgrounds um, and lawyers with disabilities talking about their experiences entering the profession uh, at a range of firms such as Erwin Mitchell, Reed Smith, um, as well as, you know, ex Latham and Watkins associates and, and people from all different backgrounds. Um, and then I also, I broke down a career moving in-house. Um, so I had someone talking about undertaking a training contract at Channel 4 and what that was like from start to finish. Um, I also had an associate who moved from Denton's to UBS talking about that experience and exposure and what that was like doing that transition, um, as well as someone who moved from in-house to private practice. So someone from BBC who then moved to Pinsent Mason's. Uh, and I had someone also talking about bringing the company on the stock exchange at Uber last year and, and someone talking about bringing Coldplay the band to Arsenal, uh, to Emirates Stadium. Um, so a, a variety of different experiences explaining the law uh, and different, different pathways that you can go. Um, and ultimately my objective was this to kind of explore my curiosity and share that with everyone else um, and showcase that in a, in a good way. And, and the book was, was cited by a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, it was also featured in the, um, the Innovative Lawyers Report, the Financial Times, and, and was number two bestseller uh, for Law for the Layperson uh, on its first day and top 20 for legal education. Um, and so all the proceeds raised by the book is going to be used to create a scholarship and that scholarship will be overseen by a board of lawyers. Um, if, if enough money is raised, then a board of lawyers will be appointed to uh, determine who, sh who should get those funds. Um, and, and ideally, it's focused on providing accessibility uh, to people from low income backgrounds um, who can't afford to undertake the GDL or LPC um, and are unable to secure training contracts. And so ultimately, this is, this is aimed at providing financial support. Uh, to those people um, who would still like to pursue that career. That all sounds great. We'll put a link to the book um, in the description for students who want to find out more. And we'll also put a link to the legal lineup so students can find out more um, by that as well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I think Matt offered some really good advice there for students and hopefully you already feel more confident in approaching these virtual interactions. To get another opinion on this, I also spoke to Hannah Wright, who is HR Early Ambitions Advisor at Shakespeare Martineau, and she offered her insights on what recruiters are looking for when meeting students online. So take note on how you can impress. Hi Hannah, so what are your tips for how students can approach a virtual event or a virtual interaction? Uh, I think that's a really good question, Bethany. I think particularly now with everything being virtual, um, it, it does throw up its own challenges. To be completely honest, um, I think that students should really approach these events the same way as they would approach any other law fair, really. Um, so the first thing is, is really sit back and think, well, what, what am I actually trying to get from this? So what, what stage are you at in your career? Are you at a point where where you know, you know, these are the top firms I, I want to apply for. These are my, my, my three firms, my four firms that I really want to be at. Um, and you've done your research on them already and you're just trying to use that law fair to get more information. Or are you at a point where you're going, well, actually, I, I don't know. There's so many firms out there all doing different things. Um, I wouldn't mind having, you know, a few conversations with quite a few different people and just kind of get an idea for the sort of place I want to be at. So I think the first thing is really thinking about what you're trying to get for, from it. Um, and, and then planning your, your day or your 
however however obviously every law firm now is very different we've, we've uh, Shakespeare Marston we've been to you know some that have been over a couple of hours some that have been over a week um, so they're all very different but um, you know plan your time accordingly so once you know what you want to get from it the, the next thing I would say is, is research it's always research think about who's going to be there um, and research into them um, even if there are firms in there that you think oh do you know I don't think I'm interested in them have a look because actually you know, quite a lot of the time you will be surprised there might be a firm out there that actually was not on your radar that you think actually it's a great place to be um, so you know have an open mind when you're doing it um, research about them and then um, think about yourself think about you know what are you interested in a firm uh, where do you want to what sort of place do you want to work at um, and then kind of build yourself a list of preferences from the firms you want to talk to if possible so I know some law fairs are different some some will allow you to, some won't. But if you can book time to talk into them all individually, um, I would say make sure that you you do so. Um, yeah, and, and with your you know, the, the top firms, the ones that you, the ones that you definitely want to speak to, um, make sure that you've got time to speak to your top firms. And don't overbook yourself. Um, you know, I think it's it's a really an easy trap to fall into where people can you know just go. I want to speak to every firm. And I want to speak to them each for for half an hour. But actually, they don't give themselves enough time to prep beforehand. Um, so you know, make sure that you 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 do what's realistic for you, um, and make sure that when you go to that that conversation with the with the firm, that you've done your research beforehand um, and have kind of considered questions to ask them. So, you know, you're not going in there asking a question like, you know, do you offer training contracts or um, you know, do you when do you open for training contracts applications? If actually that's if that's an answer that's answered right on the front centre of their website, it's a waste of your time to ask that at, at the law fair actually really do the research think about you think about what you want to get from a law firm um, and and ask your questions accordingly so that you're getting the most out of that experience you've been attending uh, a few virtual events and law fairs your, yourself recently so have you seen anything that has a impressed you um, that students have done or on the flip side anything that has kind of annoyed or worried you about how students are engaging during these events I wouldn't say worried, um, but I think it's really, really easy to fade into the background on these events. Um, and I think, you know, we're all different people. Um, some people are really, really confident and able to just kind of go, yeah, I've got a question. I want to have a chat with you. Um, other people, actually, they, they prefer to take a more pass passive approach and they prefer to just kind of listen to what's happening. But actually, I, you know, I don't think you get when you I think if you take a really passive approach it's really difficult to finish that lawfare and feel like you've got somewhere and you've, you've got something from it. So. I think um, some of the, the most positive things I've seen is when people have confidence to, to have a chat with you, the, the worrying things are when people, when people do take that passive approach. I think that one of the things that's the most um, frustrating as a recruiter, actually, because we can, for some, for some law fairs, we can actually approach students directly. Um, and we have done that on occasion. And what's, what's actually quite frustrating is when those students actually don't respond to us. And it's totally fine if, if we're not a company that you want to go to, that's totally fine. But, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of at least respond and say, do you know what, I'm being honest. You know, I've, I, it's not a firm that I'm, I'm interested in at the moment um, and I've got you know, a busy planner booked out, but I'd love to maybe maybe have a look at your website at a later date or just respond to them at, at the least to let them know. But the best things I've seen are um, if you have an opportunity to get on camera, get on camera. If you have an opportunity to ask the question, full stop, ask a question. Um, but if you can get on camera with that with that um, law firm, I think that's the best thing you can do because then you know, you're building that relationship. It, it really tries to um, it, it bridges that gap 
um, that we're really finding in the virtual world now. now you know, a year ago, we could go to a law fair and you would come to our stall and you would ask us a question face to face and we could build a relationship with you. It's really difficult to do that behind a screen. The ones that have done that for me over the past week or so, I remember all of them actually. I can tell you, I can tell you the names of, of every one of them uh, and, and it helps to build that relationship. So I would suggest if you can, um, if you can get on camera, do. But the other things that, that help students shine, I think, are really just being yourself um, and trying to be confident and um, ask for ask for things. Um, you, know, if, uh, you know, if you wanted to ask us, you know, are there any opportunities where I can experience working at Shakespeare Martineau? Um, don't be afraid to ask questions like that. You know, we have a virtual insight week coming up in December that you can sign up to online. Um, so we can answer questions like that. So don't be afraid to ask them and make sure that you've, you've done your research. So if you're asking them questions, make sure you've done your research on them, know what you like about them, um, tell them what you like about them. If you've seen something online, you think, oh, do you know what, I read this, you know, Sarah, our CEO Sarah Walker-Smith is doing a lot of work at the moment and doing recording a lot on, um, on female leadership. So if that's something that interests you, say it, because that's, that's, that's helping to build a relationship. And would you be happy for a student to follow up with you on LinkedIn or email after a virtual event? Uh, yes, absolutely. My advice, though, is there's a way to do it. I've, I've had a couple of requests come through on LinkedIn. And it, to be honest, it depends on my mood as to whether I connect with them. Because sometimes people will, will connect with me and there will be no, um, you know, you can send a personalised message. Sometimes there won't be a personalised message. And I'll look at the name and I'll think, I have no idea who that person is. But they will be... If I look at them they might say oh, they're at university of wherever and I'll be like okay well they probably saw me at the law fair but I have no relationship to this person if you are going to do that I would make sure that it's after speaking to them so um particularly you know if you've if you're able to get on camera if you're able to have a conversation if you're not and actually to be honest if you if it's really not your comfort zone but you're comfortable asking questions via text by all means do that but then if you are connecting with me with, on LinkedIn afterwards what's really helpful is if you can say oh hi Hannah um, I met you at um, University of blah 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 um, law fair uh, it was really interesting hearing you talking about x y and z I'd really like to connect with you and hear about future opportunities that helps me to not only see um, not only to be able to place you to remember who you are um, but also it helps me to um, to see that you know you're you're really interested in connecting um, and you're you're really actually you want to hear more about us. So um, it helps again. It's building that relationship, and I think that's the thing that I seem to be getting quite a few people saying to me. I'm a bit nervous that I'm not able to build relationships with law firms that I used to be able to because it's all via screen. But actually doing these little things, there are ways to tailor your communications that will still help you to build those relationships, albeit in a virtual format. We're a top 55 law firm and by 2025 we will be a top 30 law firm. We are based around the UK um, with hubs in the West Midlands, East Midlands and in London. We have a lot of different events for you to engage with the firm. So I know um, aside from all the university law fairs, you'll, you'll see us at quite a lot of those over the, over the next month or so. But we also have a lot of other events that we're putting on specifically for, for those who are looking to, to become future lawyers. So uh, once a month at the beginning of every month, we have a future lawyers Q&A. You can register for that online. Um, and that gives you the opportunity to meet with trainees um, at the firm and kind of engage with them, for, you know, get a bit more information about what they do in their role, why they chose to be at Shakespeare Martineau. Um, it's a really, really great opportunity for you to ask questions in a, in a format that's you know really up to you. There's There's kind of no 
no question off off limits really at those those events so ask them about what how their experiences are um, and that will help you to kind of tailor your applications the other way you can get involved with us we have a virtual insight week coming up in december so we we will be advertising that in the middle of november uh, but you can register on our website www.shma.co.uk if you go through there to our training contracts portal um, you can register for, for future events So to summarise, Hannah, come prepared, put your camera on and be yourself. We're hearing from many recruiters that they are frustrated by the lack of students putting themselves on camera and fully engaging in events. So stand out by following our advice and treating virtual events much the same as you would an in-person one. There are so many virtual events taking place at the moment. Check the Law Careers Net diary page for a list and get in touch with your university career service and law society to see what they're up to. And don't forget that there's still time to apply for our virtual careers conferences, Law Careers Net Live. The deadline is Thursday, 29th of October at midnight, so get applying. We hope this has been a helpful guide to making the most of and preparing for virtual events. Good luck with those events and we'll see you in the next episode.